Hey everyone, before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com join. Blue Wire. With the first pick in the 2009 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Matthew Stafford. Stafford, step it up, going left side, watch Calvin, Enzo, got him, oh baby, that was a rocket! And it's picked off, intercepted by Darius Slade, no one will catch him, touchdown Hello and welcome to another episode of the Michael Rothstein Show brought to you by Indeed and by Bet Online. So, Lions back at practice. They practice indoors. No Matthew Stafford, no Kenny Galladay. Pretty much this should all but ensure that Kenny Galladay is probably done for the season as, frankly, he should be. And it's still kind of a wonder why they didn't end his season weeks ago. Still won't understand that for a while. Matthew Stafford, we'll see if he goes. I think this is going to be a game-time decision to me, and I think I talked about this yesterday. I don't remember. We talked about it a lot. But if I'm the Lions and Matthew Stafford really, really wants to play and he's healthy enough to do so, I say, okay, you get a quarter or a half, and that's it. You don't play him the whole game. You treat this, to me, very much like a preseason game. Get guys in. Get work for younger guys. Start to get the evaluation on tape. Now, granted, that might not fly for a bunch of the people who won't be here next year, but there were no preseason games, so this is a chance to get guys like, I don't know, Mike Ford, a lot of reps at corner. We already know Dalvin Cook's not playing uh, on Sunday, so we'll be, see how many guys the Vikings even trot out there like to me that's where they should use this game if I'm the Lions and and we're just starting right in there mostly because most of today's episode will be with a guest and that will come up after the break after I just cover a couple more things here really excited about the guest that we have on this show you might remember him he was a Lion for a few years before he went to the Jets and then the Patriots uh, he's on Forbes 30 under 30 list He's a guy that I've written a lot about and that I've gotten to know pretty well. And I'm really happy that, frankly, he's the last player guest that I will have on this program at this point in time because he's a guy that I felt I would have a really good conversation with. And I thought the conversation went really well today. Brandon Copeland will be our guest on the show right after this. And I think you'll get a lot out of it. Both he talks a little bit about some stuff from his time with the Lions and really his 2015 season with the Lions and his time in Detroit really propelled his entire career both on the field and off the field. We get a little bit into that. I thought he offered a lot of insights on a lot of different things. We had a couple of other players we were trying to line up as well here in the last couple weeks of the show. Unfortunately, it just looks like none of those will happen. And that's that's unfortunate because they were some really big name people, but we just couldn't kind of get our schedules together. So just before we get to Brandon Copeland, just wanted to hit on a couple of things from media access today that I thought were interesting. Marvin Jones basically saying we'll see to anything and everything about 
free agency. He says he's excited to get to free agency. To me, he sounded like a guy that unless the Lions came over the top hard with a contract offer, he probably would go somewhere else. He said family considerations will come into play too. For those that don't know, his family is based in Southern California in the San Diego area. So he's open to anything. However, I get the sense that he would like to go play for a winner and go play you know, place that maybe his family it would be a little bit easier. He says family might have a say in that, but they're going to see what the offers are when they are. And uh, a couple other people talked today as well that I thought were super interesting. I actually think you should go find, and if you can watch all of those Zoom calls, Jared Davis was very open about kind of his career and that it hasn't always gone how he wanted it to. I asked him, what's the one thing he feels like should change within the organization? Because he talked a lot about, you know, various different things. And he said the mindset, that there needs to be more of a positive mindset. So to me, that I thought was super interesting. Uh, Chase Daniel talked today about possible head coaching candidates because he's played for a couple of them. He also said, talked about how much he really liked Daryl Bevel and what Daryl Bevel has done in the last month or so. He called Daryl what Daryl Bevel's presence has been, quote, amazing. And I think that people can see that, that there has been a large difference since Daryl Bevel took over for Matt Patricia. It's been very night and day, the whole situation. And Reggie Ragland talked as well and basically you know, said that they've been inconsistent all year defensively. Again, that's not a surprise. And he just want, hopes he can play somewhere next year and that someone takes a chance on him because he's a free agent too at the end of the year. And that's kind of what you get in Week 17 a lot. Often a lot more honesty, a lot more, especially from guys who may not be around next year, a lot more openness. One other thing I thought was interesting from Daryl Bevel's press conference, Frank Ragnow back speaking, but here's the quote on that. Quote, yes, he is speaking. Really what I'm asking him to do is I don't want him to overextend it or anything during the week. So the communication will be minimal. I mean, he's talking and all that, but I don't want him barking out any calls or signals that way just so that we can continue to let it heal as much as it can all the way to Sunday. I think that's kind of the prudent thing to do. He's on board with that, end quote. So it sounds like they're at least hoping that Frank Ragnow will be available on Sunday. Again, whether or not you play him or not, I don't know the answer to that, but at least it seems like he's closer. And from a health perspective to me and a, a voice perspective, that's fantastic news for him. And, you know, other than that, I asked a little bit about how they're going to handle the running backs this week. And DeAndre Swift clearly is going to play. He's going to be the starting running back. And I asked a little bit about on Johnson and why uh, on Johnson – you know, hasn't really had a big role this season. And here's what he said, quote, that's a good question. I think that I would have to wrap my brain around a lot of that. But I think right now we just have a very distinct role for him. He really is excelling at that role. I know I said earlier in the year, one of the games, he was the MVP of the game. Sometimes some of the stuff he does goes unnoticed. I think he's done a fair job for us or a nice job for us when he has been given opportunities to run the ball as well. But right now, that's just kind of the role that we've given him. End quote. So that's kind of what's going on with Carry On Johnson, something I've been wondering about for a while. So that was really kind of everything that happened in the world of the Lions today. Uh, the Detroit Free Press also reported J. Ron Curse. Part of why he was released was due to violation of team rules. Daryl Bell didn't want to get into any specifics there, but that gives a little bit more insight as to why they released Curse. But I truly believe also that some of it has to do with the fact that he's not going to be back next year and they wanted to get a look at some younger guys. So that I think was still part of it regardless. This is just, you know, making him inactive versus just releasing him. And if he did violate team rules, that makes sense to me. We'll be right back right after this break with Brandon Copeland, the former Lions and Jets linebacker and current Patriots linebacker right after this. 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. 
You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria. And you can contact them the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the United States are visiting Indeed each month, according to CompScore's total visits. So it's been clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. And the NBA is back in action. Football is heading into the playoffs, even though not the Detroit Lions. And you might not be at a game this year, whether that's basketball or whether that's football, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BlueWire at betonline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Now, back to our show. My next guest, my last actual player guest on the Michael Rothstein show is a guy that I've wanted to have on for a while. He's a guy that I've gotten to know pretty well over the years. He was on the Lions for a while, then he was with the Jets for a minute. Now he's with the New England Patriots, even though he is currently injured at the moment. You probably know him as one of the people that's in the Forbes 30 under 30. Brandon Copeland, welcome to the show. I'm excited to be here. Appreciate you having me, man. So let's start. How much crap did you get from people for the Forbes list? Because like that's something that I think people <laughs> get. Like you know, some people think it's great, and some people are like, "Man, I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna give you some stuff about this." Yeah, no, I mean, I think I'm probably, uh, probably dodged a lot just because I was already injured and at home. Uh, but if I was going through the locker room every single day, I probably would have got a couple of jokes. But I think. That's one of the things that is understood by everyone, if that makes sense, right? Like, I think one of the coolest things about it is because when it, when it, when I found out, I was actually getting ready for a speaking engagement. So I found out 20 minutes before I had to speak to a bunch of uh, youth. And so I didn't really have the chance to, like, process it. But somebody was like, hey, man, like, you say, hey, you won the Allen Page Community Award. You know, I tell my buddies that they're like, oh, that's cool. Like, what is that? You know, you say you won some other award. Oh, that's cool. Like, what, what does that mean? Right. But when you say your Forbes 30 under 30, they're like, oh, oh, wow. Like, this dude is serious. Right. So I think as much as I think for the for one of the first times, like there were a lot of people who reached out congratulating me, which that always has happened. Like people are nothing but supportive. But I think this was one of the first things where it was like, even players reached out just shouting out and just showing love and appreciation for what we're doing and also just wanting to collaborate and work together in the future. So it was pretty, pretty cool for sure. You're somebody who's always looked for avenues of things to do. Has this, even in the last month or so since it's gotten announced, has have all of a sudden you've gotten more avenues of things to potentially percolate on because of uh, this? <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, you just got to be more, um you have to fine tune for me at this point it's like fine tuning what I want to do right as you mentioned like it's like I've already had my dreams I've already had my goals I have things that evolve but but getting an award like this you get more noise and more potential things distracting you from your course and your mission and so there's some things that are going to add and benefit to that, but there's also some things that are going to pull me towards someone else's mission 
and not my own. So I think the last month and a half or so, I've really just tried to focus in and hone in on, on being stronger and comfortable, politely saying no, because I'm a guy who with the, you know, with the heart, like I, people reach out, Hey, can you talk to my, my, my school? Can you talk to these group of kids? And to somebody who, you know, has never met me before. If I say no, it's like, Oh, this dude is, is fake. He's a, a terrible person, but they don't realize that like, there's already these things that I've been working on, but also like if I say yes to everything, now I don't get to spend time with my wife. I don't get to spend time with my son. I don't get to, you know, actually enjoy the hard work, which I'm barely doing at this point in time. So uh, it's, it's a fine line and a fine balance, but it's, it's for me, it's like, how do you fine tune what I wanna do, especially in 2021 and, and moving forward? But I think the Forbes thing adds credibility to the resume and to be quite honest you know I'm, we, we always talk money it it adds to the stock price right it, the, the stock is rising <laughs> and, and that's a good thing for me so i, I want to go back i want to start this a little bit further back because when we first met you had you were basically i remember you telling me this like if you didn't make the lions you were done you're done with football yeah. Yeah. and that was what five six years ago at this point five years ago yep wow do you think that you would have been able to get everything that's happened so far if things had gone differently in Detroit? Yeah. No, I, I think I think I would have been able to, and, and this is something I battle with, because I think in time it would have come because that's just how driven I am, right? it would not have happened as quickly. I, there's the things that I'm doing other people have done. I'm able to replicate those things and put my own capital behind those things as a result of being an NFL player. I'm able to skip the line you know, at the roller coaster ride because I'm an NFL player. So I, I acknowledge that, but I also want to make sure that I'm always aware of without my, without the blessing of, of the mind that God has given me, without the ambition, without the hard work, without the, the, the network, having conversations with you, having conversations with other people to understand how to, to, how to not work the room, but how to maximize the platform, then none of those forms wouldn't happen Alan Page wouldn't happen. Us giving away $800 shopping sprees to families this year wouldn't happen. None of those things would, would not happen without just, you know, and I, I hate to sound arrogant, but without the gift of hard work and ambition. And I don't think that that was given to me by the Detroit Lions. I think that that the NFL platform definitely speed tracks everything, though. So do you how much do you think back to that? that preseason, that first year when, you know, you don't, you you sign out of the veteran combine. You're one of like four dudes that s sign out of the veteran combine period that year. Like how much do you think back to that preseason, that first, that first year in Detroit, because that really helped springboard so much of what's happened since on the field. And like you said, even a little bit off of it. Yeah. I think for me, it, I, I think back to it more than most people would think I do, but I don't think back on it enough, if that makes sense. Like I don't really get the time to reflect because I'm always thinking about the next thing, but there are times every single year, there are times during a game, there are times during training camp, there's times during training where I think about, oh, this is hard right now. Oh, my mind and my body are telling me, ah, not really trying to do this right now, but no, Remember when, remember how we begged for this opportunity. Remember how we were praying for this opportunity and you're living it now. Put your foot on the gas pedal and go. And I think that that, you know, I was actually having a conversation with, with one of my guys uh, yesterday and his name, I'll share his name just because he, I'm, I'm sure he'd be comfortable with me doing this, but um, his name is James Onwalu, was a captain of Notre Dame football team, came into the league. Uh, practice squad to active roster to getting cut and 
going into a new camp, tearing his ACL out for a year, and literally his, his uh, opportunities look bleak. But the other night, um, he got his first – He's with the Raiders, you know, he got signed to the Raiders on their pre-squad maybe five weeks ago or so. He's played in the game the other night. Um, and, you know, he had texted me and said – and I asked him just how it felt. He's my roommate from college, his younger brother. And, and I asked him, you know, how, how it felt. And he was like, you know, I, most people have been saying, like, you have no idea, but to you, I'm sure you probably do, <laughs> you know? And what I told him was – what, if he remembers what he went through to get there and reflects on it, that is what will get him to potentially 10 years in the NFL. And I'm not 10 years in the NFL, but I always told myself in year two when I was sitting out and no one wanted me on their team, I always told myself, this is the year that will propel me further than the other people because other people don't know the struggle. They don't know the hurt. They're not going to like me right now, I've torn my pec. I'm, I'm being rejuvenated. A lot of people are like, oh man, you're, he, he, he might be washed up. He's not going to bounce back again, all those things. But for me, I can't wait to go into a facility and use the cold tub, use the sauna. I mean, I know a lot of it's shut down because of COVID, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't wait to do the little things again to be at practice in the cold. I'm looking at the games on Sunday and I'm seeing people's breath go out. And usually I'm like, not looking to do, forward to doing that. But Right now, I miss warm-ups. I miss being around the, the locker room, all those things. So those are the simple moments that'll propel, that I think have propelled me to this point in my career. And God willing, will continue to propel me further than anyone would have ever expected. A couple of things there first. So because the world is a weird place, right? James Anuwalu, I spoke with last month because his best friend in football is on the Lions. Romeo Aquara. Oh, really? Wow. They lived, <laughs> they lived together. They lived together and trained together over the soft season. And they obviously went to Notre Dame yeah. together. Like they are incredibly yeah. close. And I wrote about Romeo's weird offseason workouts with kegs and like <laughs> you know, just all this other stuff that James was also doing. It was the two of them. So that's wow. that's there wild you that you are connected with him. <laughs> Yep, and then we sit here and have this conversation. That's that's the way God works. And it's and and I mean he's a great great man. Um, you know, always putting others before himself. But I'm I'm just happy that he's having this opportunity to go back and shine. And like he said, I mean, it it was just fun. Him and I just laughed because he was like, you know, I I know you can actually appreciate it because it was one of the best feelings I've ever had in my life. And I'm like, hey, I've I remember I've done it a few times at this point. So <laughs> you mentioned that the pack, where are you with that right now? Will you be ready for spring workouts for training camp? Obviously you're, you're free, you're a potential free agent again here in March. So, I mean, does that kind of, how much does that play into that this year versus maybe other years? Like where do, where do things stand at this point? Yeah, yeah. So for me, I'm I'll be ready by springtime to go. Um, right now, I'm two months post surgery, uh, which the crazy thing about a pec is like, like I couldn't do this. Like, we, obviously, the people can't can't see me, but you know, my arm is laying on a chair on the back of a chair. Like I couldn't do this two weeks ago. Now the problem is, as you start to get more and more normal and regular now you think you're Superman and go start doing the things you used to do. And that's when you actually re-tear re it, re-aggravate it, et cetera. But um, me, I'm ahead of schedule, which is great. I'll be ready to go this spring. Um, I'm sure that, you know, whatever team I'm on, uh, whether it's the Patriots or, or some other team, I'm sure we'll have a protocol in terms of making sure that I don't overdo it. Because again, you know, one thing about playing this long is you always have something to prove, but you just know when and where to prove it. And so me proving it in May, June, you know, you can turn on the film and see what I've done at this point. Again, I'm not, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, the Pro Bowl, perennial Pro Bowl player, but I'm confident enough to know that I can can handle myself. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, free agency will be different because I've never been injured during the free agency date or deadline, right? So that's like a totally new realm, but 
either way, you know, the way I train, the way I prepare myself is I'm training to be a weapon. And so whatever what my career has been is whatever situation you put me into, even if I don't know I'm going into it until the middle of the game, I'm training to be an athlete and just to get the job done. And so that's all I'm just going to do is lock in this, this off season, be in the best shape I've ever been in in my life. That's the, the always the goal. But now this year you got to take it to a totally different level coming off of an injury, getting older, all of those things. So, you know, now it's just about being in the best shape of your life, being a weapon and then letting the play speak for itself. The fact that you've been through the torn pack thing before, albeit on the other pack, does that yeah. help this in terms of as far as like knowing what you can do, what you can't, what maybe you're able to overextend yourself, what maybe you really shouldn't do? Yeah, yeah, it definitely helps this time. Um, it's one of those things where it's kind of like, it's a bittersweet thing because you're like, I cannot believe I am doing this again. The good thing about it is the last time I came back and I had a career my career year, you know, so I know that you can come back strong. My other pec doesn't bother me at all. Um, so that's a, a very, very positive thing. Um, it also helps with the rehab process in terms of knowing what to expect. Again, one of the issues is it's such a long, tedious injury and path or, or recovery process. It, it Those are the things that kind of get into your mind mentally. You're like, oh man, the first two weeks, you're just literally taking it out of the sling and letting the arm just drop and fall. And, you know, you're just like, wow, right? But again, I think I've chose to have a perspective to fall in love with the process, right? I know that it it's not what I would have wished for. It's not, I'm not happy about tearing my pec, but there are much worse positions and places to be in life and in this world than being paid to rehab a pec injury at this time, you know? And so... Again, I know that might sound, that's a weird perspective, but I kind of, I'm always, that's how I've gotten through my life. You know, I went through the University of Pennsylvania and a lot of people look at me like, oh, you're a bright guy, right? And I remember getting through when the, the studies were too hard. I was like, listen, I'm not the dumbest guy to ever come through here. I know I can probably, I can get through it, you know? So that's just the perspective that I have to just make sure that I just keep attacking the day, attacking my goals. I was going to say, you, you probably were not the dumbest person to come through the University of Pennsylvania, yeah. especially considering you are like a professor now of sorts <laughs> at the University of Pennsylvania. <laughs> right, right. Well, that's the, look, look what you said earlier, you know, that 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 NFL card, you know, I'm, I'm thinking that might have helped me fast track it a bit. But, uh, but you know, I'm, I know I'm not the smartest person to ever come to the University of Pennsylvania either, but might be one of the hardest working. I don't know. I'm going to put that one out there. I'd rather be known as that guy as opposed to, to anything else. But uh. <laughs> well, what is uh, what is next step for the class? Because the class usually happens in the spring semester. Spring semester, yeah, theoretically, I think is happening, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's delayed this year. We I think our first class is January 25th or so. It's usually it starts in the, uh, the week before MLK Day. Uh, but yeah, the class is happening. Our third semester, we actually got bumped to a different school within the University of Pennsylvania in the order to uh, be more suitable to the community service aspect of our class. Uh, there's actually like a particular school that, that helps focus on that, helps us find high school students that our college students can teach and work with and all those things. So um, it also helped with uh, the budget for our TAs and things like that, all these business political things but uh the class will be back this spring for the third time uh revamped uh virtual you know the new norm so to speak and then i'm also going to be simultaneously doing the class online and open to everyone it'll be a, a subscription fee or course fee but finally you know i think the the goal that you and i spoke about years ago of, of making this information at least accessible to all um you know, it's it's about time that we finally actually put our foot on the gas pedal and, and did that. And so we've had two years to test the information. We've had two years to see what works, what didn't. Clearly, we're in a, a virtual space now for the entire semester. Last year, we got about half of the semester in the virtual space. So I have a little bit of testing and experience with that. But ultimately, you know, this is going to be one of those things where you just 
you put your head down and you go. You just share information. You help 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 people learn, help people on their own financial journeys or their own life journeys, and and you know we'll we'll, we'll see where 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 we end up when the dust settles. I was say I realize this next question could take up the entirety of the rest of the time that we're talking, but for those who don't remember or those who maybe didn't see the video we did last year, the story last year, which by the way, the fact that I think it's only, or maybe it's two years ago, I don't even know, time's a flat circle at this point, but <laughs> what what is the class that you deemed Life 101 when we talk? Like walk people through what the class, the point of the class generally is. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, when you look at your life, we are faced with constant major decisions. And when I say constant, it means I'm going to face them. You're going to face them. The person listening to this driving home is going to face them. Uh, no matter who you are, you're going to be faced with these decisions. Those decisions are, are am I going to buy a house or am I going to rent a, a place to live? Am I going to buy or lease my car? What is my credit? Why is it not perfect? I've never used it or touched it before in my life, right? Like all of those things, right? wills, estates, insurance, all of the major life decisions, you know, that is what Life 101 is comprised of. It's us talking about those topics. It's us getting subject matter, matter experts in to discuss those topics thoroughly. Uh, and it, the biggest goal from, for the course is so that when you leave, now when you are faced with these major decisions, you're getting your, your job, you're making the money that you wanted to make, or you're making a dollar. Now you're not learning how to budget on the fly. You're not learning how to buy a home on the fly. You are executing on a plan or building on some of the foundation that you learned in our course. So now you're making these decisions much more confidently and you can be happy with them for the rest of your life. You don't wanna, no student is leaving my class and I can say this without uh, any doubt at all, but no student will be able to leave my class and say, man, I just bought this house. I just bought this car. I just did this. I wish I had a class. I wish someone would have told me about X, Y, Z, right? I wish someone would have prepared me better for this. Obviously, there's so many different intricacies to these decisions that we can't talk to every single one in a, a condensed format like a course, but we can and we do arm and equip our students with the knowledge and understanding to know a bit about the decision and then where to go to find more information so that they can make the best decision for them and their family at the right time. I think that that's one of the other biggest things is like this is really a critical thinking course. What we're trying to do is give you and equip you with the utility belt, Batman's utility belt, so that now you know, okay, let me throw this weapon now because there's still going to be decisions. There's still going to be decisions that I look back on and I'm, I'm going to look back on with hindsight and think, man, oh, I wish I would have done this or I should have done this. Right. But if faced with that same decision again, I should feel confident about why I made the decision. I should not be making these major life decisions that stick with me for years and be and kind of just have no idea what I'm doing and just be learning about it and hearing about it for the first time and just signing on the dotted line and hoping I'm not making one of the biggest mistakes of my life. So I want to go back again to that first con those first conversations that we had way back when, because the Nike training app, I, I think you probably know where I'm going already. <laughs> yeah. <with it. laughs> yeah. Like, do you enjoy, so Joe, for those who use the Nike training app, you probably have seen Joe Holder. Mm -hmm. One of the first things you were working on was a fitness app with Joe Holder. Holder. <laughs> the Ocho system. Um, yeah, no, FitLife, man. <laughs> well, we found out, and that actually is funny because that app and that experience, it was Joe Holder, myself, uh, and another uh, college teammate of ours, Scott Lapano, who's actually, he runs a venture capital firm in Atlanta. He's, he's the second in command there. Um, and when we thought about it, we still, I mean, I still, I look at it this day, you look at the idea and it's like, hey, it would have worked. Uh, but it was everybody's third or 
second, third or fourth priority on their list. And I just realized at that point in time, like, it's hard to start something and create something that is truly, truly special when it's all of our, you know, last thing on our minds, right? And so while we started with good intentions, it was like, hey, let's let's just kind of, let's cut our losses and, and move forward. But uh, that is actually the reason why I got into real estate because for me, I realized, okay, I'm coming into this space and I'm trying to create something brand new and it takes a lot of time, effort and energy to do something, but I could work in an industry that is already existing and learn from a mentor's learning experience and then hopefully lessen my learning curve and then see how it goes. It's probably easier to go into something already existing as opposed to trying to create something from scratch. And so that's literally the reason why I was like, let me start getting my feet wet in real estate and then eventually, as I get further into the league, then I can create something. Uh, but, you know, that it, it's funny how, how that all works out. Because now, like you said, Joe is all over the Nike training app, their YouTubes and, that, and everything like that. Kevin Hart comes to run a marathon in New York and Joe is right next to him pacing him and stuff like that. So it, it, good, for, good for him. Yeah, no, I found I so my little Joe Holder story with that, the the woman I'm dating at the moment, she was telling me about the Nike fitness app because I was getting frustrated with my workouts. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Yeah, this guy Joe Holder just kicks my butt all the time. And I'm like, <laughs> what name did you just say? <laughs> right. It's like Joe Holder. I'm like, right, pull, stuck it out. I'm like, pull him up for me for a second. And she she did. And then I like Googled really quick and I was like, <laughs> Wow. Everything full circle. Look at this. <laughs> Fine. Well, so, I mean, 2015 was a massive year for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it, it was. It, it still is. I mean, I think, like you said, it, I think it's, again, it's all about perspective too, right? It's like you can look at it. One, it was just amazing, one, to be in the locker room. It was amazing to be back, be playing. Uh, two, because I remember that year just <laughs> – I think I've shared this with James before, but I remember that year just having a chip on my shoulder and I still have this chip and it's just, you know, headphones in and in certain times, I loved everybody in the locker room, but at certain times I knew how to just start to hone in and, and flip the switch of just like, I'm pissed off at everybody here. And why, why the hell are you pissed off at these people? Well, you all played last year. They, they think you guys are better than me. Right. But then I know how to turn that switch off and then walk back in the locker room and be, be friends. I remember being in the weight room and keeping my headphones on and just hoodie on and just pissed off. But it was pushing me through my workouts. I remember a coach coming up to me like, hey, Cope, like I need you to take your headphones off, be with the guys, you know, have a, you know, build this community, build this locker room, all those types of things. And in my mind, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that, coach. But in my my head, it was like, nah, like I'm trying to this is what I'm doing to push myself through. So it was, it was a, a compartmentalization. That was a big year for me because I learned that from coach Caldwell um, and, and the importance of that. And, and when you think about if I wasn't there at that time with those group of people, would I have been able to learn the lessons that I've learned and embed them in my life today? You know what I'm saying? And and I mean, you remember the locker room. You got some, you got some great vet. You got Glover Quinn, you got Calvin Johnson, you got staff, you got Quandre, right? Quandre was a rookie then, I think, right? Uh, it was just like so many good dudes around the locker room, so many people to learn from. And, you know, I'm, I'm just blessed I was there at that time, as opposed to another place where I could have been feeding my mind with some, you know, things that wouldn't have helped me as much. You mentioned that you would throw on your headphones and like use that guys are in the league in 14 to motivate you was part of that, you know, the imposter syndrome, such, such a buzzword right now was part of it that, yeah. and were you dealing with that or was it just, I'm going to create this thing to push me and motivate me? No, I think it's imposter syndrome. Um, it, it, well, it's a bit of both. It's a bit of both. I think one to, to, from a motivation standpoint, it's one of the things I tell people is like, you have to find out your mind. Like your mind is the most powerful tool. You have to figure out what is going to make you tick. Like for me personally right now, I know I, I'm supposed to be on a diet right now, right? Like I, I went a whole month dieting, 
right before Christmas Eve. Then I went off and I told myself on Monday I would start, but I'm like, ah, I'm going to go to New Year's Eve. Let's just enjoy New Year's Eve and then start again on January 1st, right? Mentally, I know what I need to do to lock in. Like I don't have a middle ground, you know? And so for me, I control my mind in that regard. So I know I also learned that year, for example, and not to get off on too far of a tangent, I also learned that year, for example, of how to control my mind on the field. I learned so many different things that year that, that like, I remember there was a, a post that Travis Lewis made, and it, it's a quote that a lot of people have heard, but, you know, it just, it's stuck with me till that day. I remember texting him that last year, but it, he, he posted this thing of him walking through the tunnel right before the game and everything was blacked out around him. But he, as I walk through the valley of the shadows of death, I shall fear no evil because I'm the baddest mf in the valley, right? Movie quote. But for me, that was literally the first time I had seen it, right? I've heard the, the biblical verse, the Bible verse, but I'm like, man, that is the mindset, right? That's the mindset it takes. You train, you prepare yourself for everything. And then when you get out there, what should I fear, right? Um, I also learned how to psych myself out for games because there's certain days, there's certain Sundays, you know, newsflash to people, you know, because I know some people, what? you're living a dream. There's certain Sundays where you, or Thursdays or Mondays where you wake up and you don't feel like playing, right? Like your body is just not in position. Like you're bumped, bruised. You wake up a little stiffer than usual. It's not like it, you look outside and it's a blizzard. It's like, this doesn't look fun to do, right? But what can you do to yourself mentally? What can you tell yourself mentally to make sure when you step on that field, you're aligned? Right. And I don't mean a Detroit line. I'm just mean a, a, a savage in general. Right. Like and control the space around you. And, and so for me, that year was huge in that regard as well. Uh, to to get back to your question, the imposter syndrome, I think, for me, comes in. It comes in. It still comes in in football. But I think the biggest lesson it comes in in football when I'm playing a new position or a new role. And the crazy thing is, as eight years in the NFL, most guys know their role. I am an outside linebacker, right? I am a defensive and I am a safety. Me, my job is to be a great outside linebacker, but also a great inside linebacker and also get no snaps at anything, but be able to figure it out. <laughs> if somebody goes down, cope, can you do it? And then do every special team at a high level, right? So for me, that's when imposter syndrome comes in sometimes where it's like, man, like, I remember when there was a game I got thrown out and, and, you know, we're Monday night football. There was a game in Detroit. I remember I got, there, let's, let's speak about Detroit things since we're in Detroit. I, I remember there was a second game of the season and we were playing the Tennessee Titans and I was an outside linebacker, outside linebacker and DN on third down and pass rush. Ziggy goes down. Somebody else goes down. Uh, Van Noy goes down, Tully goes down, Levy was already down. And it was just like, Cope, right now you are our starting will, you're our will linebacker and our dime linebacker. I hadn't done that stuff in four years. And literally this is, I'm just like, what? And I remember going down, there was one play and Andre Johnson is at the slot. And I remember Golden, Glover Quinn coming and saying, Cope, we got, he said, trike, trike, trike. And I look at Glover and I'm, I look at GQ and I'm like, I don't know what the hell that means. I got the outside, you got the inside, right? Like I, I've never been out here before, right? Like this is, this is imposter syndrome, but now what can I do to snap into this mental phase where it's like, Hey, it is what it is. It's you got the ball, get you down. Right. There was one time they threw it to DeMarco Murray in the flat. I'm like, Oh man, like I haven't made this open field tackle. And I somehow or another, I know exactly who it was at the time, right? Like, I'm like, oh, this is DeMarco Murray in the flat, open field tackle. I just got thrown out here. But make the tackle. I think it was a TFL. Make the tackle, get him out of bounds, get the job done, let's go to the next play, right? And so for me, imposter syndrome has come out there, but I've found ways to mentally just turn on that switch of like, no, 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 I've trained for this. I'm a weapon. This is, it is what it is. I'm in the valley of the shadow of death. I should feel no evil. Why? Because I'm the baddest in effort here. 
I know we're running a little bit short on time, but I want to ask you, your, what's your favorite memory in Detroit? Because like we've talked about and hinted, and hinted at, this was a place that was really transformative for you in so many ways. What's, what's the one memory yeah. that stands out? Um, there are so many great ones. Uh, I, I think one of the, the best moments that I had, and that's when I knew this was going to be a different experience, was after the veteran combine, uh, is I wasn't even signed to Detroit at that time. I just went out for a visit, and I sat down with Coach Caldwell. And Coach had been with me in Baltimore with the Ravens. And um, I remember us sitting down, and my biggest fear was going to a team and having them, I think you see a lot of players who are P-Squad or have been with a team for a while and people have this vision of you and that vision is stuck with them. So they always see you as the P-Squad guy who came in, the young guy. They don't see you elevate and grow, right? And so I was one of my fears, but I remember sitting down with Coach Caldwell and we were talking football for a bit. And then we literally ended up speaking 45 minutes about off the field stuff about real estate and and just mindset like business mindset ownership mindset just a hustle mindset and I, I remember walking out of his office just thinking like this will be so cool this would be an amazing place to to just play an amazing coach to go to battle for and and I, that was that was literally I think that set the tone for everything else because besides it being the one of the longest meetings I had with a head coach at the time. Um, I remember Marvin Lewis, he came and picked me up from the airport and stuff like that, which meant a, a huge, a tremendous amount to me. Um, but I remember sitting down and talking with Coach Caldwell specifically, like, like that set the tone of like, I can be myself here. And I think that prior to that, my biggest fear in the NFL was like being too smart or people thinking I'm distracted, but being under a head coach like Coach Caldwell and also that locker room, you felt comfortable playing at a high level. As long as you're playing at a high level, right, you felt comfortable being interested in other things besides football. And I think, again, that just set the tone for me being confident in who I am as a person off the field since 2015, since coming back into the league. I know, you know, you got a role. So we're all right. You got, I want to hit you. Okay. I want to hit you out right. <laughs> I got you. What? Where can people? The class we were talking about. Where can people, if they're interested in that, find that this coming semester? Yep. So in, I'd say mid January. I want to say like January 10th. Uh, you'll be able to go to life101.io, and it'll literally walk you through everything. We'll have a a free community will have some free resources and things like that. But then if you want those live classes, you want professor, professor cope in the flesh, all of those types of things, then uh, again, there'll be a, a subscription fee, but life 101.io. Uh, and then feel free to follow myself at bcope 51 on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and, and we'll be sharing some, some uh, guidance. You know, I don't even want to just limit what we're doing down to, the financial tips. I think that that's one of the things that you got a chance to see that others don't get to see. It's like, it's also about building confidence in who you are as a human being, because I know that that was something, an imposter syndrome, that is something that I, I uh, had to learn and had to practice and work on. And um, unfortunately, not a lot of people have people in their corners telling them that, hey, you need to work on this, or hey, this is something you also need to, to focus on. The same way you're practicing your multiplication tables uh, is the same way you need to practice your interview style. The same way you need to practice pitching yourself, right? Or, or sharing your dreams and goals and aspirations. So um, so yeah, I'm, I'm extremely excited for this because again, it's, it's not only about the financial tips, but I think it'll ultimately help people be more confident in who they are as human beings. Hey, Brandon, I really appreciate you coming on. Have a great new year. 
And uh, I'm glad you're able to be actually my last guest on this show because of, of so much that you, you and I have talked about over the years. I really appreciate it. 100%. Happy New Year, man. Thank you. I want to thank my guest, Brandon Copeland, for coming on the show. Hopefully you learned something from that. Go check out his Life 101 seminars when they are up and live. I can highly recommend that. I haven't seen the seminars, but I did sit in on an episode or not an episode. That's where we are in 2020, right? I did sit in on a class of his during the first year of it. And we actually did a TV piece around it. And I hung around for the entire three-hour class. And it's some impressive stuff. And I've seen some of the other stuff that he's done in the last year or so. And I think there's stuff that you can learn in there. And there's definitely some value there, without a doubt. He also did a good job of sharing his own social media, so I don't have to do that. I want to say Happy New Year to all of you. I really appreciate all of you listening, all of you subscribing, all of you downloading. It's really meant a lot to me over the last year plus. We've got four shows remaining after today. Courtney Cronin from ESPN will be joining us tomorrow. Then we'll have three shows next week wrapping up the year and kind of slowly looking forward to next year as well. We've got at least one guest, I hope, lined up for next week. You could probably guess who that is considering he's been on the show a few times before. And that is where we are. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Rothstein, on Facebook at Michael Rothstein Journalist. One last thing about that, by the way, too, is that I'm hoping even though the podcast is going away, I'm going to try and be more active on Twitter, although I probably can't be more active on Twitter, but be more active in doing live chats and being more active in maybe trying to maybe do a weekly mailbag or something or using some of their show aspects that you can do on Twitter now to try and really at least recreate some of the mailbag portion of this um, or maybe short snippets of this in the future. We'll see, even though it won't necessarily be in a podcast form. Still kicking around some ideas here for 2021. Open to your ideas as well. And and I also just want to say how much the feedback has meant to me in the last few days from people who have been listeners to the show, basically reaching out and saying that the show has meant a lot to them and that they've really enjoyed the show and, and thanking me for doing it. Um, all those notes uh, have meant a lot. And I'll talk more about that next week too. But just want to say that as we enter in the new year. I hope everybody is safe tonight. If you end up doing anything, please be safe. Please be smart. And with that, we will talk with you tomorrow in 2021.